broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the bracket compound. This is Show Spoilers, Episode 6, Mr. Robot Season 3, Episode 3. But before we get too deep into it, I want to introduce ourselves. This is Kevin Brackett, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Roger Roper. Hey, Raj. Uh, good, good, good morning. I uh, went out as Pickle Rick last night, and I have a little bit of a pickle headache. <laughs> oh, you should have uh, slept in a jar of vinegar. Well, that might have helped. <laughs> That's right. A little bit of my own brine. Uh, how was it? Was it pretty? It was, it was great. It was a good time. Now, um, I imagine tonight will be the big event. The all the it's Halloween. Uh, it's it's my favorite time of the year. Um, I'm hoping to see some. Some Mr. Robot costumes. I saw a couple last last year uh, with the faces and whatnot. But uh, but this episode, there's actually like a real like F Society um, like guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> that almost sounds inconceivable. Inconceivable. You might say. That's right. <laughs> We're going to be passing back and forth uh, different wines. But yeah, no, I, I took a picture of Pickle Rick next to some porta potties that had the Evil Corp logo on it. That uh, we can we can share on all the spoilers, which is oh. our Twitter handle. But yeah, so it was a good night last night. I'm I'm looking forward to to more hijinks in Halloween. But I gotta say, this episode, I'm a sucker for flashback episodes. I I enjoy com- completing you know the puzzle pieces. Um, mm-hmm. I like when they don't do flash forwards or flash like just if we're gonna go back in time. Let's stay in that timeline. Let's say, oh timeline. yeah, not jumping back and not forth between. And yeah, forth. exactly. And and again, that I loved knowing what the characters were doing between that. So I really enjoyed this episode. I know that there are some websites and you know there's some internet fervor, and I try to stay away from it. When I was looking around, there's some some people who didn't particularly care for the episode. Yeah, you know, I think that those people are definitely in the minority. I've heard nothing but good buzz on my end, talking with friends, looking online. I think this episode is very highly rated and reviewed. I see a lot of people saying it's the best episode of season three. So, yeah, yeah I'm I'm with you there. I loved it. I, I think it's great. And the reason why we like these episodes, it's like when you watch a show like Lost, where there's so many questions, is these flashbacks give you answers. They fill That's in right. the gaps. And exactly. So we're finally going to learn why things were happening in season one and season two. Where was Tyrell in season two? And how did they interact with each other? And uh, how was the Dark Army pulling the strings behind the scenes? We're going to see a lot of that in this episode. So very exciting. But uh, before we jump into that, let's tell everyone where we can find us. So, of course, if you would like to email us any theories, any longer messages, something that that goes a little longer than 140 characters, you can reach our email account. That is theshowspoilers at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at all the spoilers. Uh, you can follow myself at Kevin R. Brackett and Raj. Where can they follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Roger underscore Roper. Uh, and I'm also in a couple other podcasts uh, chat on TV and chat the movies. And you uh, you've got a couple podcasts that you do as well. I do. So basically, if you're coming here from Real Spoilers, we thank you. If you've never heard of it before, Real Spoilers is a podcast where every week we tackle a movie or two that's the biggest movie of the week, maybe the biggest disaster of the week. And so it's a lot of fun. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Spoilers or Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. We have a lot of discussion going on there. So we hope hope to have you join us. But for now, let's get into Mr. Robot, Season 3, Episode 3, The Answers Episode. This one was very (laughs) exciting, and and it starts off with uh, the big 5-9 attack. So kind of wondering what happened there, because, of course, we didn't see everything that went on between Tyrell and and Elliot. But uh, we noticed that uh, (laughs) we saw, which was pretty crazy, Mr. Robot, uh, Elliot, uh, as Mr. Robot, tried to shoot Tyrell in the head. Like, so. I guess this is why people may not like answer episodes, okay. which is, I think, a, a great description for this, is a show like Mr. Robot, just like other shows that we've talked about on the on the podcast, like Westworld, Game of Thrones, it, it's, it's very theory-heavy. So when people have all these theories that then may be busted or confirmed during scenes like this, uh, during shows like this, it may turn people off. So... Knowing that, knowing that they went back and explained the the events of the five nine, did it happen in the way that you think that you personally, Kevin, did you think that it happened that you think it went down this way? 
Um, you know, it was fairly similar to what I thought. I just, I didn't expect that uh, Elliot was going to try to shoot Tyrell in the head and like right. actually pull the trigger and we, we end up seeing the gun jammed. So to me, that was a big surprise. I was just like, whoa, if that gun didn't jam, it, you know, Tyrell would be dead. And it was really interesting. And, and Tyrell takes it as some kind of a, a sign from God that they're destined to work together. And uh, it was just really interesting how Tyrell's, uh, how how Tyrell's opinion kind of changed and their work together because until then Tyrell seemed to kind of be on his own path and although he was he was uh, you know kind of betraying Evil Corp and and doing doing some stuff that would help uh, the Five Nine go down at this moment it's like he just completely like at the you know snap of a finger he just completely changed his his uh, intentions and also uh, seemed to develop a new liking for Elliot, something much different than he had before. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm in a situation where like I'm on my knees and, and try, and you were trying to shoot me, Kevin, uh, and if the gun were to jam, I would have an epiphany and then turn to God and be like, listen, Kevin, whatever we do from now on, we're attached to the hip. <laughs> right. I'd probably, I'd probably want to get out of there as quickly as possible. But um, shortly after that, Irving and the dark army appear. Yeah, and so this is this is another one of those uh, uh, answers that we're getting. What, what was going on behind the scenes? We heard of Dark Army. We knew that Cisco was working with the Dark Army, and and of course we knew there was that connection. But we've never really seen them pulling the strings during these big events. And we end up seeing Irving and the Dark Army uh, that that show up. And uh, Irving has a really funny line. He he shows up, and the two of them are like, "Who are you?" And he yeah. says. He says, if you're seeing me, that means you boys fucked up. <laughs> right. Like, and we've we've talked about this pulp, you know, pulp fiction comparisons before of uh, of the of the cleaner or not. Not just. Um, yeah, it is pulp fiction. God, yeah. I'm trying to yeah, I was almost at a reservoir dogs there. Um, but yeah, no, he's totally the cleaner. He comes in and mess and, and cleans things up. Now, I know that we've seen stylized versions, fictional depictions of these type of characters, these cleaners that are part of like a, a, an underground movement or a mob. Do you think they really exist like this? Like, do you think like all cleaners are this badass? <laughs> I mean, they certainly are in the movies. And if yeah. you, if you see them show up in whether it's Pulp Fiction or this, or even in John Wick, there's the cleaning right, service. Right. That's oh, just, thank you, John Wick. So, so badass with, you know, they just show up and they, uh, they call for dinner reservations and they give them a gold coin for each person. I mean, I have no idea. I'm guessing yeah. that it's a little less slick and polished <laughs> in real life. Uh, uh, I do believe there's probably some illicit activities out there that may require right. a cleaner, but I'm guessing it's just, uh, you know, or, or uh, like Mike in Breaking Bad. He's another one. I'm guessing that it's just uh, some guy that shows up in a van. That's what I imagine. Yeah, some some, some some Russian guy some from or some dude from the Ukraine yeah, named I mean, uh, Vlad. Yeah, give, give him an a envelope of cash, and that's about right. it. It's that's on, right. On his way. All right, so so how did they find Tyrell? All right, so we see the Night of the Five Nine. We see uh, Elliot execute the code. Tyrell's there. The gun jams. Um, then then he, as Mister Robot, um, can't pull the trigger again. Then Irving and the Dark Army appear. How do they find? How do they find Elliot? And how do they find um, Tyrell? Well, I, I'm led to believe, and we we have to think that the Dark Army's been involved for a much longer time than we were introduced to them. They they have been, I believe, following and infiltrating F Society. F Society was this little front, and I say little. I mean, they did kind of, you know, they were responsible for the downfall of civilization as we know right. it, pretty much. But they were they were this group of hackers led by Mister Robot slash Elliot and Darlene and and the handful of hackers that we've seen. They weren't a huge global organization like dark army and and i believe dark army was very closely monitoring them and i think that they did exactly what dark army wanted them to so when this happens i'm i'm guessing they just they knew exactly where they were when they were going to execute it and 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 just were ready to show up okay so we also see that uh, they take tyrell away to a secluded cabin uh somewhere that i i suppose to keep him safe while at the same time we also see Elliot getting arrested. So after the cold open, it go it rolls into the opening credits, and you see the Dark Army leading Tyrell out into the woods. 
Yeah, and I absolutely love these opening credits. It's something that I've noticed every episode. The opening credits are a little bit different, and they're very stylized at times. Sometimes they're very simple where you just see the Mr. Robot show up on the screen in red letters and it goes away. But uh, we've been getting a lot of really cool ones. And this one reminded me of The Shining when uh, Jack Torrance and the family are on the winding hillside and and going there. It was very cool. And I didn't know, did you pick up, I I didn't know if there was a uh, symbolism there or any connection or if it just looked really cool well all right so you got to think about it the the fact that when he gets to the cabin and he kind of goes a little bit crazy yeah and you kind of think of the comparisons of the shining what uh, jack does when he gets there and he kind of has a a nervous breakdown and that was the whole intent uh from my understanding of the dark army and what they want to do they want to break down tyrell so that they can control him and that's what they do to jack and the shining so i love the comparison yeah, I, I, I'm on board with that 100%. I think that's really cool. Uh, while, so while Tyrell is there, uh, we, we cut to White Rose, and this is an, a really interesting scene because... <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you know, he's chilling, or he, she, this, you know, it, he's dressed like Zhang, so he's he looks like a man, but he's doing the Dark Army stuff, you know, so it's always hard. Sure. Do you call him Zhang if he looks like a man, or is it just White Rose whenever he slash she is, is doing Dark Army stuff? So... Anyway, uh, he's sitting there on his private island, and uh, it's it's one that uh, we find out is not even on Google Maps, so he's obviously very hard to find, and uh, looks just like a beautiful place. And his advisor comes over and says that Elliot's in jail, and he's like, "What?" And and come to find out, he he explains that it was over the dog, and White Rose just has a little laugh about it, and and isn't worried. I think it shows how powerful White Rose is, how powerful the Dark Army is. And he just says to his advisor, like, yeah, just uh, let's get him on an early release plan. You know, this is it's not yeah. a big deal at all, uh, which, you know, the 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 his henchman. I don't I don't know what this guy's name ever is, but his his crony is goon that is always with him. The one that wanted to take over stage two because he thought everyone else was incompetent. He always just looks so disappointed and, and whatever has to do with <laughs> Elliot or, because it's him like, I should be the one handling this. And here's this guy stealing a dog and going to prison. Right. Right. Well, I also love the fact that show is really trying to talk to and continues to, and it has done since, you know, season one, um, really tie in some things that are going on in reality in, yeah. well, in the bizarro world that we're living in in the United States right now, it is. Right. Uh, I love the I love the fact how they they were like, well, let's blame it on the Iranians, yeah. uh, for for this hack, you know, and let's uh, back this buffoon of uh, Donald Trump uh, and uh, make him president. I, I thought that was I thought that was a little you know a little nudge, a little wink wink to the audience. Certainly, I think the people who follow Mr. Robot and fans of Mr. Robot probably aren't fans of what's going on in the political landscape right now in the US so yeah. it would make sense that in the fictionalized version of Mr. Robot in this in this world that we're seeing uh that the people like White Rose people like the Dark Army would want to back that not the Russians yeah, I, I thought that was pretty funny. It was a really good wink and nod. It was smart writing because, of, of course, you've got a lot of people here months later saying, how did this guy get elected? And then <laughs> yeah. to, and to show that it was White Rose and the Dark Army. <laughs> I mean, that's just brilliant. You know, I love it. Brilliant satire there. And uh, and then we find out that, uh, I mean, this is no surprise, really, when you think about it, but White Rose has the uh, Alex Jones knockoff, uh, Frank Cody, that we see here and there that's always, uh, you know, he had Joanna on the show the last episode he has him in the pocket and is telling him what to do he tells him to back donald trump like you mentioned mentions that he wants a f society connection to iran like you said uh, and then he also says i think most importantly to this episode that he wants tyrell to stay in a positive light so he knows that a lot of news is going to be coming out about five nine they're trying to connect tyrell to it and he absolutely wants all the heat off of him so He's making sure that this guy, this Alex Jones type guy, is, you know, that's going to yell at the camera and get all his followers riled up and everything. He's going to make sure that he's telling all his people that uh, Tyrell was not responsible. Don't believe uh, the fake news you're hearing. Right. Right. And, you know, it, again, it talks to the brilliance of what's truly going on, you know, in a um, in the political landscape, in the in the way that countries or, you know, uh, uh, collective groups like the dark army or like anonymous or like, you know, the extreme parties like ISIS can manipulate. Not, not only can they hack and cyber terrorism is, is a real thing, but also the coordination of disinformation. 
sure. right, propaganda to to avert the public's eyes and really uh, uh, control the messaging and 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 then the public opinion of big you know events like this happening make you know making sure that they place the blame on somebody else have a fall guy like iran have a scapegoat uh and then back someone who's going to be a puppet right and i love what uh white rabbit says about you know the fact that uh you know it, pulling the strings and becoming a puppet i'm like ah, god ah, brilliant i love the show it is well sam esmail is is a really smart guy and and i think this is a brilliant social commentary it's so relevant to today for all the points that we that we mentioned, I, I really thought this was a great scene. Uh, not only was it funny, but it it really showed the insight into uh, you know the the shows, the the writers, and what they're they're trying to speak on our behalf and the way that we're feeling about things, and and, and also shows the power of White Rose. So really great, strong scene. But, exactly. But uh, this, so this next scene, we get back to Tyrell going stir crazy in the cabin. Uh, He's been there for four days, and all right. of a sudden, who shows up but Mister Wallace Shawn. Mr. Inconceivable himself from the Princess Bride looking like an F Society mask. <laughs> That's right. So so was that purposeful? Did they I mean, again, if you're trying to break someone down and, you know, do you find the one person who can who looks like the F Society mask like or was the F Society mask based on Mr. Inconceivable? Oh. Like what? What? Who, the chicken, the egg story right here, right? <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean, I personally think that Tyrell uh, had a, a little bit of PTSD from long Monopoly games that went on for too long. <laughs> so, okay. I, that's that's my own personal theory. You know how long Monopoly can go before someone wins. I, sounds legit. Yeah, sounds legit. Exactly. So I think maybe he just, uh, yeah, I was going for that. But no, I, I this guy's great. And to see Wallace Shawn show up was so surprising. And uh, he does something that is very reminiscent of, of one of my favorite movies of recent years have you ever seen the master the master is the story of um scientology correct it's very yeah it it is basically a take on it they don't call it scientology but for all intents and purposes uh philip seymour hoffman rest in peace one of the greatest actors of all time uh plays against joaquin phoenix who is He's kind of trying to indoctrinate him into this religion, but he does this scene that's referred to as the processing scene. And what Wallace Shawn is doing with uh, Tyrell, uh, you know, what 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 this Dark Army guy, I, I guess I don't really know what his name was in the show, but uh, but what he's doing is very similar to that and breaking him down. He's asking him the same questions repeatedly, trying to get an answer out of him. Uh, you know, are you going to be loyal to us? Are you going to be loyal? He asks over and over again, have you ever cheated on your wife? And, uh, you know, he he can tell he picks up on things that he's lying about and he asks the same question over and over to to break him down. And, uh, yeah, if you have not seen The Master, go watch it. It's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, a great director. And uh, the the performances are amazing. But but that scene instantly jumped to mind. It is so powerful, especially when you have good actors. Uh, And you're talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix. Ha- uh, during the scene and the master and here you have two good actors too i i think that i think that both these yeah. actors really did did a good job the the interrogator so to speak uh is someone that we've seen in a lot of more comedic roles i thought he was very serious and very menacing and then tyrell he uh he really was getting broken down if it, it looked well, great i also like the direction of this scene right right you want the audience to feel what tyrell is going through you want him to feel the the absurdity the insanity of what's happening to him right now at first, you know, you're confused and you're like, why are you answering me these questions? Who is this guy who's, you know, snorting Coke off of his hand? And why does he look like the F society mask? Yeah. And then as he continues uh, through the processing that speeds up and you're doing cutaway scenes on, on both uh, characters, it was, uh, it's, it's done really well. We've seen, like you said, there's the movie, like the scene in, in the master we've, we've gone through, we've seen this as an audience before, so it has to be executed perfectly, and I, I really feel that they pulled this off uh, because you do feel the breaking down of Tyrell. It's it's important if you're gonna if you're gonna do this to a character, you really need to let the audience in on what the character is thinking, what they're feeling, what their emotions are, why he would then you know stay in a situation like that and not try to escape, or if he does try to escape, you know feel like why he would want to try and get out of it. And they really uh, executed this very well. So hats off to you, Mr. Sam Esmile. Yes, uh, I, I agree. And at the end, uh, what, where he finally gets him to, the breaking point, is he asks him again for the you know hundredth time, will you be loyal to us? And he says no. 
but he, but then it, and and you kind of think that's the end of it and and they're about to say okay well this guy's not loyal let's take him out back in the woods but right. but he says i'll always be loyal to elliot and that's so right. they know they can manipulate him they know they can use elliot slash mr robot to manipulate tyrell correct correct which is why they fo- re- which it makes sense of why they would then refocus their attention from tyrell to elliot right absolutely so uh yeah we get uh we get a lot of wood chopping a lot of shirtless yes. Tyrell a lot of wood oh, chopping uh if you, if you're into that this is your episode <laughs> uh Mountain Man Tyrell uh you know it, it reminded me of it was it was just kind of funny uh, if you've seen Avengers Age of Ultron they go to <laughs> they go to uh Jeremy Renner's uh cabin or his place in the woods and you meet his yeah. family for like 30 minutes of this superhero movie you just go to the woods and and he's chopping wood just like this and it really reminded me of that and so I, I thought it was just kind of a funny thing to, to pop into Mr. Robot. But uh, yeah, he's there and, and that's how he's spending his time. He's he has to wait for Elliot to get out of jail, basically. So they've just got him there secluded. He's he's chopping wood. He's getting better at it. The, the piles of logs are just getting to ridiculous amounts. Did you notice like when Irving visits him, the wood piles are just huge by the time he shows right. up? Right. And it's also cathartic. And he's I think uh, Tyrell's also kind of getting back to his roots. He said that he hated chopping wood with his father. Um, but now it kind of put him in kind of a Zen state uh, where he started quoting scripture uh, while he was uh, chopping the wood. Yeah, exactly. And and I thought it was really funny. I mean, Irving, if we can just talk about it, I think we've talked about it now for two episodes in a row. Uh, this would be the third. But Irving is so freaking good. This character yeah. is amazing. Uh, the actor is incredible. If he does not get an, an Emmy nomination or win, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, is Bobby Cannavale. He is so good. And uh, I, I just he, he's good and he's also funny. He can he can flip a switch and be serious. He can be menacing, but then be hilarious. Like for instance, he brings Tyrell a box of Swedish fish and says, "This might help remind you of the old country." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's brilliant. So I mean, brilliant writing on the writer's part, but also the execution is just perfect. Um, but uh, yeah, they uh, we go back to another uh, flashback. Uh, the next one, I, you'll have to remind me since you've seen it more recently yep. than me. Is this is probably going back? I would guess before Tyrell is in the woods, like quite a bit. But uh, or, or is it more recently where um, Cisco is meeting with Darlene, and then we end up seeing Irving in the picture? My impression is that it's happening simultaneously. Okay, so I don't, I, I don't think that we went back in time. I think when Irving's away from Tyrell, when Tyrell, because the the whole episode takes a place in a span of over eight months okay. while Elliot's in jail. Right, so we see Elliot going to jail, and then this the 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 episode ends with Elliot being released. Okay, so I believe that this happens during those eight months. Good, yeah. Now, where that where where that falls specifically in the timeline, I don't know, but I would have to imagine that they are doing a linear format. So when Irving's away, Tyrell shopping woods, he's meeting with. Uh, Perfect. He's meeting with Darlene. I like it. I mean, I like not a lot of bouncing around, kind of like we talked about earlier. But we see Cisco again, who obviously Cisco died uh, after season, at the end of season two. So we see Cisco again, and he is meeting with Darlene, and she's kind of giving him some crap. And and uh, it was just nice to see those two back together again, because obviously we're not going to see much of that anymore. Nope. But uh, she she ends up giving him a router to work on, and he, Cisco in turn ends up going into a car and giving it straight over to Irving, who's going to end up giving it to Tyrell to be able to access. So, you know, so they can get their, their work done and uh, it, they have an inter- interesting conversation, Irving and Cisco. He basically Irving basically tells Cisco that you need to get your act together, that uh, Darlene's a job and, and she always has been. So basically don't get too emotional. Don't get too invested mm-hmm. in this woman. Right. And and so, again, you start to see the players pulling the strings behind the scenes. Right. You've got the dark army. You've got uh, I. Is Irving working for the Dark Army? Is yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you're seeing that the 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 strings being pulled. Who the puppet master is? Um, I love the fact that they dropped in. You know, Operation Red Wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. Now that that ties back to the barbecue place. Obviously, a lot of people, uh, like you had said, had mentioned. I think you had also said, well, Red Wheelbarrow has to do something with the Red Army. This has to be a front. So it makes sense now tying that all in. Oh, Are you know you what? Dis- I before, yeah. let me don't let me. Uh, I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. we were talking last week about what the connection is with all the red books and all the red colors. Yeah. Oh, red, red. wheelbarrow. Red uh, wheelbarrow. So, uh, That's exactly right. But, uh, go ahead. 
Yeah, but like, are you a little disappointed in thinking that maybe we aren't seeing different alternate universes now? Because th- that's a problem with these e- explanations uh, episodes is that they're they're filling in the gaps for where people may have theorized. Yeah, I don't. I definitely it's it hasn't made it any more clear that there are or are not multiple timelines or universes that could be something coming up. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Oh, it's just so hard to say. Um, I don't feel less like we're going that route. I feel like it's still a possibility, but on the other hand, again, it always does worry me when you get into more of that sci-fi stuff. And, and again, Mr. Robot's very grounded, like we've talked about before. So I'm glad that the answers we're getting are all very plausible, very reasonable explanations. Um, mm. If we do end up going to multiple timelines or universes, I'm going to follow along and I'll be on board if that's where they're taking us. But, but yeah, I like these real life, real world answers we're getting. Right. And Irving. So while Tyrell is, you know, um, uh, chopping wood, Irving is also kind of using Joanna, his ex-wife or his current wife. They, they, they they don't really, I I think they say Joanna applied for the divorce, right? So he's using, that emotional tie that he still has for his wife to kind of break him down even further. Yeah. Irving as we'll get into even further, but Irving is a master of manipulation. He is a master. uh, He just, he understands the psychology of people and how to control them. Uh, Just, just a master manipulator, I think would be a good way to put it. He knows exactly what he's doing, exactly what to say. And we see this later on in the episode, we get some insight into his skills with that, but yeah, he uses, he uses whatever he has to use to get the job done. Right. So this makes him snap, though, and he and he tries to escape to to get to Joanna, I imagine. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So uh, this is one of the this is one of those parts that make me so frustrated in shows when people do stupid things and, you know, they are. It's (laughs) always like you just want to yell at your TV or your computer. Right. But uh, yeah, he just he's getting so he just he's getting so freaked out and and he's heard these news reports that Joanna is, uh, you know, applying for divorce and sleeping around. And he decides that he needs to go for a walk. He's got to get out of this crazy, uh, cabin, you know, all work, no play makes Tyrell a a dull boy kind of deal. And so, (laughs) and so he's, he's walking into town. This guy who's the FBI most wanted. I mean, I'm pretty sure after the five, nine attack, he is the number one, you know, most wanted guy. And uh, he, you know, he puts on a uh, trucker hat and some sunglasses and and decides to walk down past the local convenient mart. And of course, who walks out of the store but a cop? And one thing I did find a little unplausible was that the cop from that far away and sees a guy in a hat and sunglasses. Like, do you really think yeah. that cop would have no, spotted Tyrone? A, a local cop in, I don't know, Montana backwoods country. They're not going to. But again, they write, they they explain it, and and show if you're going to make something a little implausible, at least have a character explain how they recognize them, you know. And so the the cop, through the dialogue, through the exposition, says, "I can't believe it was you when I saw you, but I'm going to have to get a selfie with you." Yada yada yada. Well, he says, "I just had a, I had a hunch." I had a hunch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, but I also love the fact that uh, Irving um, he calls in, I, I guess, another member of Dark Army at the time. Who comes in and and takes Tyrell away? Yeah, back, takes him back to the house. This was the big. <laughs> uh, this is a big deal. Yeah, the the the, uh, the the fact that he's like, why do you guys have to fucking talk in riddles? Why do you have to make everything a math problem? I would have been here earlier because, of course, they would do that. They would they would encrypt their messages. Right. So is is this a um is this an, a true FBI agent or is this just a, a dark army plant? Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it's both. This was, this is a big reveal right here. This is Dom Superior. This is Santiago, who Dom reports to. So we now know that, that, uh, the Dark Army has people very high up in the FBI. And not only that, but people high up in the case. This is, these are the people working directly on the 5 9 investigation. And Santiago is in Dark Army's pocket. Right. So that wow. that was huge. But it was hilarious. I love scenes like that where things kind of happen outside of the camera's view. I like it when you uh, they do this in films sometimes that and it works really well where you, you focus the camera on your main subject and you hear noises or you hear gunshots. You don't know what happens. And then they don't show you someone's face right away. I just I thought the scene was really well filmed how we're inside the vehicle with Tyrell 
and then the cop gets shot and then the door opens and boom, there's Santiago. And, and, and then it's a big reveal too. It was really well executed. Yep. Um, so then uh, we see Irving check on Elliot in jail. Yeah, so this is uh, you know, everyone's everyone's favorite character, Leon, who was the guy that Elliot went and ate lunch with and went to the basketball games with while he was um in jail, which we thought at the time was staying at home with his mom, but uh this is uh this is Leon and he was the one that helped him out and he uh had to he had an assignment to go kill some skinheads and he was excited about it. it was, Neo-Nazis, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Was, Again, okay. I think this is a little wink nod to the camera into society. I mean, God, on Twitter, they're they're again today. They're having a, a white lives matter rally in oh, Shelbyville, geez. and and you know you you see the proliferation of people who uh, th- these hate groups come come out during a time like this. Again, it's a bizarre world that we're living in, but but this is where artists and people who <clears throat> can effectively portray what's going on in society. It's happened all throughout society. Uh, so artists really have a pulse on. Uh, and can tell us and kind of show the mirror of what we are right now. And I love the fact that, again, just like in the White Rose scene, wink not about Donald Trump and an Alex Jones type character, you've got this guy saying, I kind of enjoyed stabbing Nazis. Yeah. It was kind of fun for me. And uh, yeah, if there's any, yeah. L- don't feel bad about stabbing some neo-Nazis. Never feel bad about that. <laughs> it's very relevant. I agree. This Again, this is the way to do the social commentary. It's it's not heavy-handed. It's very clever. Right. It's very smartly written. I don't like movies that are political, unless it's a movie about politics, clearly. But right. you can go to some movies, and they get a little too preachy. They get a little too political. And when I'm going to see a movie, I want to escape into a different world, into a different universe. I want my I, I don't care what my actors think about politics. I don't care what the director thinks about politics. So if it's not a part of the story, I don't want a hidden allegory about one side sure. or the other. Just give me a good movie, you know. And this this show handles those things very well where where you can tell what they're doing, but it's subtle and very smartly written. Yeah, he also uh Irving also then takes um Tyrell to what appears to be a controlled dark army hotel. And Tyrell's very excited to to see Elliot again. Oh yeah, this is I. So what is going on here with Tyrell and Elliot? So the clues we have. So Tyrell has a smoking hot wife, Joanna, right? But he's right. also cheating on her with men. So yeah. we know that he has an affinity, maybe towards both. Not saying it's one way or the other, but we know that sure. he does. He is sexually attracted to men. I mean, you have to be pretty attracted to men to cheat on Joanna, right? Like with, right. I mean, he obviously is, feels strongly about that. So is he, is he admiring Elliot? Does he think he's a brilliant genius? And obviously they're both competitors or they were competitors, but they're both in the it hacking type field. And, and is he idolizing him or is he in love, love with Elliot? That's a good question. I don't know. I've never, I've never really thought of it that way. I think there's a little bit of idolization. I don't think that he's sexually attracted. We haven't seen that yet, but it, it would make sense for his character to be, uh, to be attracted to him. And I mean, obviously you can be, you can be, attracted to people necessarily not based on look but because of personality but then it ends up turning into a sexual nature so you know i just don't know if i i can't tell quite yet which one it is but we get an interaction later on with mr robot uh you know elliot as mr robot where he says we see him say i love you or he tries to and uh, mr robot has a great line where he shuts him down and is like let's just some things are better left unsaid or, or whatever he says it's great right Exactly. So anyway, but yeah, he gets all dolled up. He, uh, you know, he's been chopping woods. He, he's in us uh, like sweatpants and no shirt most of the time, chopping wood and eating his Swedish fish. And uh, he, he wants his suit. And Irving's like, no, I'm not giving you your suit. And 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 eventually he gives in because he's like, I need that suit. And he gets all cleaned up uh, to meet Elliot. And this is the point I think where he looks out the window and Elliot's getting in the cab, right? Yeah, so this is the this is right as um and we saw this in I think episode one of this season right where they're the the, the taxi cab tells Elliot to get in and so he's watching him from the window now does that mean that, like what was the what was really supposed to happen right there or or are we then is that scene then taken us to the warehouse like where does that's, that fit in, in the timeline well, that's, i'm guessing it's before they go to the arcade because elliot well elliot is freaked out to see tyrell if you remember 
Elliot's right. face. He is completely freaked out to see him. And I can't remember. This is my bad for not going back and watching season one. But, you know, obviously Tyrell and Elliot were working against each other for most of season one. But then they eventually join join forces, so to speak. I can't remember if this is is uh, the end of season two. Is this supposed to be when Tyrell's been missing the whole time and he finally sees him? Or is this from season one? I, I you know, I wish I knew the answer. I feel bad for not knowing where that fits. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I mean, it's not like we have a podcast about Mr. Robot where we should know right. this. Uh, my my guess, what I took from the scene was this is before they go to the arcade and before yeah. uh, before Tyrell shoots Elliot. So I think I think so. Yeah, that that would make sense because then we're then we're taken to the operation exactly. area where they're operating on Elliot. Um, Angela's there. Angela's there. She's you know she's staying calm and collected. She's trying to talk Tyrell down, who looks very nervous. Yeah, about all of oh, this. Oh yeah, and he because I mean Tyrell Tyrell is I mean at this point he loves Elliot and he's been waiting for him. He wants to see him. He wants to work with him again. And then he finally sees him and ends up having to shoot him because of this plan and. And luckily, he didn't kill him. He shot him just the right way to keep him alive. But he's over there nervous. And like you said, Angela is very calm and collected. And it's interesting because I think they made a point for in this episode when Darlene is talking to Cisco, she's talking about how hard it is to get Angela to, to get these routers. She's training her to, to configure these routers and, and put them in at the FBI level uh, like we saw in the last season. And it makes it seem like Angela is incompetent and and hard to get to do these things, but yet she is very much uh, playing by the Dark Army's rules. She's she is following their plan. She is not nervous about it, and so we just see a different, very a very different Angela, who obviously does know what she's doing and and uh, is is not worried about any of it. Right, and the, this is also where Angela uh, tells Tyrell that there are two separate Elliots. Yes, yes, exactly. And uh, this this is where you know not a lot of people know about the the Elliot Mister Robot split. So I presume the people of the Dark Army, when they were originating the Five Nine hack and getting together and doing everything, my point of view, they're they're just seeing Elliot and they think Elliot's the leader. Is that how you see it? Yeah, I, I think so. That's that's how I would put it. I mean, he looks like Elliot. Why would they think Elliot was a different person or had a different personality? Elliot saw Mr. Robot as doing these things, but it was Elliot really physically doing them. And the people were following Elliot. He was the leader. And so Tyrell, all he knows is that Elliot's the one planning 5-9 and, and causing all this destruction and hacking everything. And so at this point, Tyrell's like kind of freaked out because he, he's like, what? What are you talking about? And there's exactly. there's a really interesting connection I want to get into here after this, but but it's important that he reacts this way in finding out because he loves Elliot. He he said it. He loves Elliot. He looks up to him. He admires him. But then it, sometimes he's feeling like he doesn't, or like Elliot's a different person. You get that. You get that feeling. And there's a reason for that. And and this is when he learns it. And it's a really uh, it's a really cool scene when. Uh, Elliot is finally coming out of this coma or whatever. Tyrell is looking at Elliot and then it cuts back to Tyrell and then the camera goes back to Mr. Robot giving him this smirk and the episode's over. And it's just like this creepy thing as Tyrell makes this realization that Elliot is essentially two people and that he isn't always dealing with who he thought was Elliot. It's just a really kind of a creepy uh, way to end the episode. Yeah, I loved it. I loved this episode. I thought it was great. Um, there are some loose ends from season one and season two uh, that were answered, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was that's what makes this episode so great. We saw Irving in almost every scene. This is all the stuff that was going on while Elliot was in jail. And we saw him working with Cisco. And we saw him, uh, you know, doing all the stuff at the cabin, obviously, with Tyrell. Um, we saw what happened. The big one was at the very beginning when we saw what happened at the arcade, the the misfiring or the gun that jammed and, and all that. So we saw how Tyrell changed his opinion and wanted to work with Elliot. Uh, it was it was just really neat to see all those answers. It's nice for a show to answer questions and not bring up more questions. You know, for every answer, give us three questions. Right. Um, right. I like the I like that uh, plan they're following. We saw how Elliot was able to survive. Uh, that particular encounter, which some people claim was maybe unnecessary, but I liked it because, again, it explains, you know, Angela telling Tyrell there are two different individuals here. There's a Mr. Robot and then there's Elliot. 
so that uh, now Tyrell understands, uh, unlike most people, that uh, you're going to be dealing with multiple personalities. And, of course, we, we discovered what was Tyrell doing that entire eight months that Elliot was in jail. Yeah, and then uh, you can't forget, while Elliot was in prison, who had his back. It was the Dark Army. They were the ones right. controlling Leon. So now we know why Leon was helping him. He wasn't just a random friend, and they had a great relationship. But now we find out, nope, Dark Army. Dark Army is pulling the strings everywhere. So exactly. there's a really interesting connection. So we talked about Tyrell and how he had certain feelings for Elliot, but then there were times where he, he just, something didn't feel right. And then he eventually has that big reveal that there's Elliot and there's Mr. Robot. Well, a Reddit user, two things are infinite. They said this, and I thought this was really interesting. Did you ever watch Big Brother, Raj? I am not a Big Brother fan. I'm aware of it. Okay. I understand it. I'm just not a fan. Got it. Okay. I watched it like the first two seasons. It was such a phenomenon, and it was so weird that it was just yeah. like something I watched. And then after a couple seasons, it's like, okay, this is creepy. I don't need to watch this more than now. Yeah. No. Uh, but but it was interesting that Irving actually has a quote uh, that we'll get into later. But in the episode, he mentions watching Big Brother, and this user was able to find a connection, which is really intriguing. He's, wow. They said – so in this episode, we see the CBS reality show Big Brother mentioned. In the timeline of the episode, it was during season 17. This is the season they showed during the episode. Something that happened in Big Brother 17 is related. Big Brother tends to have different twists every season. In this particular season, they brought back the twin twist. Essentially, that means that one of the house guests secretly has a twin. In this case, it was Liz Nolan. Every couple of days, her sister Julia would sub in and she would leave. The other house guests were unaware this was happening. So when Julia was there, they would all still refer to her as his sister, Liz. There was a house guest, Austin, that started having feelings for Liz. He didn't realize she was switching out with her sister, so he got mixed messages from her. Sometimes he would feel like he was connecting with her when Liz was in the house. Other times he would be confused because he didn't connect with her. When Julia was there, that would be the, the example. Ultimately, he thought he was dealing with one person, but it happened to be two. This is very similar to what Tyrell is going through. He loves Elliot, but Elliot isn't always Elliot. Sometimes he's Mr. Robot. I just thought this was a fun little Easter egg for Big Brother fans. I didn't expect there to be anything learned from it, just something fun figured I would share. So if Elliot starts doing magic tricks and uh, and disappearing door tricks, because <laughs> this is the prestige, like I wouldn't. Spoiler I alert. Wouldn't, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, there's tw- they're twins. Um, but yeah, no, if, if 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 there's a plot line where Tyrell has to go find Elliot's journal. Yeah. Um, I love the prestige. Yeah. I love that. Oh, movie the prestige so is fucking great. But yeah, I mean, th- 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 this would make sense then. This would make sense of why Tyrell feels disconnected at times and then really attached. So who do you think he's in love with? Do you think he's in love with Elliot or do you think he's in love with the Mr. Robot? That is the million dollar question because I feel like Tyrell doesn't really know Elliot. Although I feel like he, if he got to know Elliot, he would like him. Right. But, but Mr. Robot's the one that's been masterminding these things. Think about how Tyrell agreed to work with him on the five, nine stuff on the stage two stuff. I mean, he's been working essentially the person that he would be falling in love with uh, the, the shooting him. Elliot would never shoot Tyrell on the head. Mr. Robot would. The guy that he's idolizing and falling in love with is Mr. Robot. So I really tend to think it's that way. But what I think that now that this realization has come to fruition, I think that Tyrell is going to be more hesitant to work with Mr. Robot. I can see him actually kind of flipping sides and and helping Elliot out and and going that direction. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Cool. So yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But all in all, an incredible episode. I I really think that uh, I, I really think season three is so strong. I'm I'm glad to see that uh, they've been able to continue the great uh, episodes that they've had of the first two seasons. Uh, again, Irving. I I just have to say, Bobby Cannavale is so good, and and we learned something really interesting about him. I mentioned earlier that he's a master of manipulation. Well, towards the end of this episode, we find out that Irving, like I said earlier, we find out that he will say or do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to get the job done for the Dark Army. And there's a scene, a really intimate scene between him and Tyrell at the cabin where he is trying to comfort Tyrell after the whole Joanna situation. And uh, he says that, you know, you've got to and it's after he actually gets caught by the police. He's trying to, to tell him that he needs to get his act together. He needs to play it straight. 
and he says your family will get back together and he gives him he gives him a story of his own and and he said uh he said my boys were everything to me problem is i fucked up he's uh irving says that his wife left him she took the kids but uh then he goes on to say when the time was right i was able to prove myself i was a good provider i was a good father and a good man now tonight when i get home my kids are going to run up and hug me we're going to make jiffy pop and we're going to watch big brother there there's uh, the uh, there's the big brother reference so so uh, what's the what's the only problem with that statement, Raj? Uh, he should have said we're gonna make Jiffy Pop and watch The Prestige. <laughs> That's it. You're right. That would have been a much better choice much uh, better. from a from a critical standpoint. Uh, you know, I was gonna say the it's like we should have. I think I think the main problem here is from a person that doesn't have kids. And spoiler alert, that was a lie. That's right. Irving does not have kids. He was lying to to Tyrell to manipulate him, yep. just like he's been doing all over the place but i think i think the place that we could have caught him there is that kids don't watch big brother no i mean Why they would might you have your kids watch? i mean they could in theory but you would uh you would make some jiffy pop and you'd rent spider-man homecoming right i mean i don't i don't have kids i i, I would just, i would imagine so i would if i had a kid i'd treat him like a small adult i'd be like yeah. you're gonna watch the master that's the only show you <laughs> oh my god just, could you imagine your kids are going to be so. They're fun. so. Fun. <laughs> if you need to watch the master and then rethink that. Yeah, rethink that statement. Yeah. All right. But but anyway, it's a great it's a great scene. Later on, we get towards the end of the episode. Uh, we see Irving. We know he's a car salesman. We see him at the car dealership, and he's talking about a client. Uh, one of the the guy, one of their clients that was going to buy a car, walked away, and he goes over and talks to his coworker. He says, "What happened?" And he's carrying a mug, and uh, he calls it his thermos, and it says "Number One Dad" on it. And he basically ends up saying that uh, he carries this around so that people can think he's that, That's you know, right. that that a lovable number one dad, family man. And he ends up giving the mug to, to the coworker and says, "Next time, make the deal." And then we see him later on go home and on his like window sill, sill or on a shelf, he has like ten different mugs with different cheesy sayings on them. I love it. I just I I think it's so great because it shows master. Who- who Irving is right? It Ma- just, master of manipulation, man. He's got the so mug for every occasion, and you know, and I just think it's so funny. Another thing is, what's really interesting is if you watch Breaking Bad. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I loved it. Okay, so he, Irving really reminds me of a Saul Goodman, right? Yes, he's, he's, yeah. He's a person that is a scumbag. He's doing terrible things, oftentimes illegal things, getting criminals off of of from, from out of jail, keeping them out of jail, doing all this stuff, but. There's just something that draws you to him. It's the charisma. He's so likable yeah. for being a dirtbag. And that's exactly what Irving is. Irving is helping the Dark Army. They are ruining the world. They are trying to take over the world and cause this destruction. And yet, this Irving character is so damn likable. It's amazing. I agree. Yeah. So, I agree. So just just great. A great episode. I think we both rank it very highly. Um, you know, we didn't get into, like we kind of hinted on earlier, we didn't get into any of the timelines or parallel universes but i did catch one small thing and maybe maybe you'll agree with me here okay when angela was in the warehouse with tyrell and elliot was getting that surgery which by the way i don't know if you get grossed out by that kind of stuff but the the open surgery with the intestines (laughs) and the guts like looked awesome but if you're you're queasy it's a it's a hard scene i dated i I dated a girl who was pre-med uh at notre dame and then she went to georgetown med school and dropped out her first semester because she couldn't handle the blood wow yeah i mean in this scene they did a great job it was it was a very it was it was a close-up a very realistic one but when they're sitting there remember we were talking about how cool calm and collected angela was and she knew everything would be all right could that be because she knows she's working with white rose in the dark army and she'll be able to reset everything. So none, nothing really uh, matters. Jeez, Maybe I, I just thought it was interesting that she was so calm and collected. I mean, when, when your main pawn gets shot and uh, especially childhood friend, whatever, uh, you know, I would think that you'd be a little worried even if you are working with the other team, but uh, she wasn't. And so that kind of makes me think, is she just like, does she feel like there's no risk? Like the stakes aren't that high and you know, it will all work out in the end. I don't know. Could be, could be. All right. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't think that we'll, I don't know if we'll have another flashback episode or a, 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 I I think we're going to continue moving the the ball forward here, Yeah. but this was a good episode to me. I enjoyed it. It was really, really good. So um, I didn't get a chance to watch what was coming up next week. Did you see the preview? I didn't. I didn't. My My USA network app is not working. It sucks. 
I don't get to see the I don't get to see the coming up next or or the behind the scenes, which I think is okay. I like to stay fresh. You know what? I don't usually watch them anyway. If I don't, yeah, I like shows like this that have twists, turns, and spoilers, reveals. I don't like to watch the previews. I don't even. It's crazy. I know you're gonna think I'm crazy. I have not watched the Westworld season two trailer. I don't want to know what's in it. Right. I don't. I just don't want to. I I want to see it happen without being spoiled, which is weird from a guy that does a show called Real Spoilers. But I do the spoiling. People don't spoil me. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, that, that does it for episode six. So That's it. Uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed the episode as much as we did. Of course, we say it every time, but we want your interaction. We want to talk to you. So please write into us on Gmail. Uh, you can email us at theshowspoilers at gmail.com. Remember to put the at the front of that, theshowspoilers at gmail.com. Also follow us on Twitter at all the spoilers. Send us your messages. Send us your tweets. Tweet us your Halloween pictures. We don't care. Talk to us. We love interacting with you. Uh, and then you can follow me personally at Kevin R. Brackett or on Real Spoilers. How about you, Raj? Follow me on Twitter at Roger underscore Roper. You can also follow us uh, over at Shat on TV and Shat the Movies. Our handles is at Shat the Movies and at All the Spoilers. I'm sorry, not All the Spoilers. <laughs> at Shat on TV. Uh, we just we just covered uh, two Halloween movies over at Shat the Movies. Uh, we did Poltergeist and we did Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Poltergeist still holds up. It's still good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. It's definitely better than the remake. Uh, both movies are better than the remake. Nightmare on Elm Street is laughable. It's fucking, it is such a bad movie. It does not hold up. But if you want to hear us talk about all that and my own personal interactions with ghosts uh, in my family, uh, you can check that out over at Shat the Movies. Oh, that's intriguing. Uh, yeah. Did, did, uh, is Nightmare on Elm Street the first one? Is that with Johnny Depp? The, it is the first one with Johnny Depp. It's oh, Johnny Depp's first movie. The acting is atrocious. Oh. But you know what? It's it's unfortunate. You got to see Johnny Depp. You got to see him die in that volcano of blood. But you did yeah. not get to see a Crispin Glover dance scene, and that is where you really missed out. I think that's I think that's Nightmare Three. I think every every movie should have a Crispin Glover uh, right? dance scene. Well, you know what? We need to talk to White Rose and whoever the next candidate is. We need to make sure it's someone that will support Crispin Glover dance scenes in every movies. That's our platform. We're sticking to it. I love it. Thanks so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Share with a friend. That's how that's how we get the podcast grow. Send us your emails. Send us your theories. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. A uh, free unicorn is given away for every subscriber. So <laughs> that's right. Until next time, we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.